The Romantics by Edmund Ross Stand. Translated by Henderson Dangerfield Norman. List of characters. Sylvette. Personae. Straffarel. Bergamon, father of Personae. Pascanel, father of Sylvette. Blaze, the gardener. A wall, a mute personage. Bravos, musicians, moors, torchbearers, a notary, four neighbors, etc. The action may take place anywhere, provided the costumes are pretty. Act 1. The scene is cut in two by an old, moss-grown wall, and garlanded with a riot of climbing vines. Right, a corner of Bergamon's Park. Left, a corner of Pascano's Park. On each side, a bench against the wall. When the curtain rises, Personae is sitting on top of the wall with a book on his knees, from which he is reading aloud to Sylvette, who is standing up on the bench on her side of the wall. She is resting her elbows on the wall and listening enwrapped while Personae reads. Scene 1. Sylvette and Personae Sir Personae, how beautiful and wise! Is it not? Hear how Romeo replies. It is the lark, the herald of the morn, no nightingale. Look, love, what envious streaks do lace the severing clouds in yonder east. Night's candles are burnt out, and Jacques and Day stands tiptoe on the misty mountaintops. I must be gone. <gasps> no one. Your heart stops, then starts, is like a fluttering bird, ready to fly with the first breeze that stirred. Hear the immortal lovers, Juliet's cry. Yond light is not daylight. I know it. Aye, it is some meteor that the sun exhales, to be to thee this night a torch-bearer, and light thee on thy way to Mantua. Therefore, stay yet. Thou needst not to be gone. Romeo, let me be taken, be put to death. I am content, so thou wilt have it so. I'll say yond gray is not the morning's eye, tis but the pale reflex of Cynthia's brow. Nor that is not the lark, whose notes do beat the vaulty heaven. High above our heads, I have more care to stay than will to go. Come, death and welcome. If Lord Romeo say that, t'will make me cry. Too mighty book, I cannot bear so dolorous a look. So, till tomorrow, I will close its cover and make of Romeo a living lover. He shuts the book and looks about him. Adorable this place, and made to fill the part of setting for the immortal will. The play is beautiful, and how divine the wind's accompaniment that sways this vine. And the scene suits it, all these shadows green, Sir Personae. The poem and the scene are lovely, but less beautiful indeed than is your voice. Half singing while you read. Oh, naughty flatterer. Unhappy lovers, how terrible their fate when one discovers... <sighs> Me. I think... What? Nothing. What you think has made you, of a sudden, very pink. Nothing! Sweet liar. Yet your clear eyes say that which you think. I know. Our parents, eh? Maybe. Your father and my own. The hate that sunders them. Yes! Oh, mysterious fate! Often I weep beneath my father's rule. Last month, 
Returning from my convent school, my father led me to this grassy space and said, My child, behold the dwelling place of Bergamon, mine ancient enemy. Father and son, thine eyes must never see. Promise me well, or lose a daughter's place. Thou too wilt be the foe of all his race. Twixt mine and his, there can be no accord. I promised. See how well I keep my word. Have I not sworn by all high heaven above you that I will hate you always, and I love you? Oh, holy virgin. Love thee. It is sin. Oh, very great. But if a man begin by being warned, it makes him seek that wife. Kiss me, Sylvette. But never in my life. She jumps down from the bench and goes a little distance away. Nevertheless, you love me. You think so? Little one, I tell the truth your heart would shyly shun. Let's doubt no longer what our hearts both know. I say just what you said a while ago. Yes, you yourself, Sylvette, comparing thus the lovers of Verona to... to us. I didn't either. Yes, you did, Sylvette. Thy father seemed like that of Juliet. Mine was like Romeo's. A fate as sad, parents as cruel, and a love as mad. And I will brave them both for love of you. Pascano Capulet, Pa Montague. Sylvette comes a little closer to the wall. Then we're in love. How quickly it came on. Sir Persinay, how could it? Love is born. One knows not how or why when first it flutters. I saw you pass, peeped through my window shutters. And I saw you. Our shy eyes seemed to call. One day I gathered nuts hard by the wall. By chance... By chance I read Will Shakespeare here. Ah, see how destiny aids souls' mates, dear? A bold breeze flung my fillet at your feet. To give it thee, I climbed this bench, my sweet. And I climbed this one. Every day since then, darling, I wait thee here, most blessed of men. With throbbing heart I hear thy laughter call, bird twittering in its nest. Below the wall, light laughter rising, till thy bright hair shines, a glint of glory in the verdant vines. Since we are in love, we ought to plight our troth. You read my very thought upon my oath. Last of the Bergamans, how melancholy. The last Pascano plights thee. Noble folly. They'll talk of us when future ages gather. Each tender lover and each cruel father. But dear, who knows? Perhaps God wills it so. Healing of hatred from our love may flow. I'm not so sure. Me? I have faith in fate. I know at least five ways to do it. Wait, six. Six splendid ways. Truly? Oh, what? Suppose, in romances, one reads such things as those. The heir apparent with his court might move, might pass our house. I'd tell our hapless love and our father's hatred, the whole thing. Don Roderick and Shimen and the king. The prince would call our fathers. His command would make them friends and... Give me thy dear hand. Or it might happen like another tale. Thou wouldst fall ill. All mortal aid would fail. Madly, my father'd cry, What wouldst thou, boy? Thou wouldst say, Sylvette. His heart would melt with joy, And I'd recover thee. 
or this romance. An old duke sees my portrait by some chance. He loves me, sends his squire to tell me so, and begs to make me duchess. You say no. He foams with rage. One evening after dark, I dream of thee, all lonely in the park. I am seized. I shriek. I hear, divine his guilt, twice, thrice I plunge my dagger to the hilt in his vile breast. Fight like a lion, slay. Three or four men. My father comes. Now say, who is this hero? And he learns thy name. He who has saved my daughter well may claim her hand in marriage. Oh, he quite relents. Thy father sees thy valor and consents. And we live long and happy ever after. That's not impossible or food for laughter. Someone. Let's embrace. That wilt come. Confess. That wilt not fail this evening at... N no. Yes. Thy father. Person A leaps quickly from the wall. Scene two. Sylvette, who has come down from the wall and is consequently invisible to Bergamon. Person A and Bergamon. In this corner, more and more you moon here. Why? My father, I adore this corner of the park. The bench, the shades, the vines flings on the wall. It free cascades. Gracious and graceful, is it not, this vine? See these festoons, an arabesque each line. One feels at peace where these soft breezes call. How does the wall help? I adore this wall. Nothing that I can see here to adore. No, he can't see. I love it always more. This old wall, crowned with grass and garlanded, here with green ivy, there with woodbine red, Aristolochia, glycine, beautiful. It's lovely clusters like a fleece of wool. Dear, ancient wall, half-crumbling, in whose spaces, eyes lifted to the sun, are rosy daisies and honeysuckle. All these starry flowers and moss so thick upon this wall of ours. Even the bench that hard beneath must cling, is robed with velvet, thrown for any king. <laughs> you flighty boy, shall I believe that all thy sheep's eyes seek the bright eyes of a wall? The bright eyes of a wall. Ah, lovely eyes, astonishingly blue as smiling skies. Dear flowers, clear eyes, you are the soul's delight. If tears impearl these chalices of light, We'll kiss that dew off, change that mournful story. <clears throat> Wall's got no eyes. It has a morning glory. Dear Jesus, what a soul. The boy's an ass. I know right well what brought you to this pass. You come to read in secret. He takes the book that is sticking out of Personay's pocket and looks at the cover. Place. He opens the book and lets it drop, horrified. In verse. Poetry. That's why you get worse and worse, mooning and hiding. It's enough to shock you, your grown son talking about Aristolochia and blue eyes of a wall. You go along. Walls ain't for pretty, but they must be strong. I'll cut away this foolish greenery. Might be weak places hid that I can't see. Better to guard us from our hateful neighbor. A new white wall is worth the price of labor. 
white, clean and bare, and no Aristolochia, but bits of broken bottles. That'll block you. Aye, that, that will keep you off, you old rapscallion. Those bottles in array, a sharp battalion. Mercy. No mercy, I'll show none at all. Bottles shall bristle all along the wall. Oh, oh. let's have a chat. But if walls haven't eyes, still walls have ears. See, son, if someone spies. Readily climbing on the bench and leaning down to Sylvette, who is already on tiptoe again. This evening. Giving him her fingertips, which he kisses. Oh, before the hour can toll. I'll be there. I adore. Eh? Not a soul. Reassured, Bergaman sits down again. My son, I want a wife for you, so <gasps> I... What's that? Nothing. Yes, a feeble cry. A wounded bird. Alas. Caught in the branches. After reflection, for I take no chances, I have made my choice. Dear, dear. It will cost you dear if you rebel. Dear, 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 dear. Don't whistle like a tomtit, silly jay. She's rich, still fairly young. A pearl, I say. If I won't have your pearl. You say this thing? Wretch! Rebel! Wait, I'll show you, sir. Personae pushing aside the cane his father raises. The spring fills all the hedgerows with the sound of wings. The forest seas fluttering above her springs. Her mating birds Indecent! Caress. Chaff! All nature smiles. Hark! Tis young April's laugh. The butterflies! Clean daft. In green fields rove to find and wed the wildflowers of their love. Love! Bandits! Bids hearts blossom in their spring. You'd have me make a marriage, sir, of reason. That shall you, scapegrace. Never. By my word. I swear by this wall, which I hope has heard that I will marry so romantically. Never was marriage such as mine will be, a marriage madly, royally romantic. I'll stop your antics. Scene three, Sylvette, and later, Pascano. It is not so frantic, Pa's hatred. I quite share it now. What's this? What are you doing in this corner, miss? Nothing, just walking. Here, near foes so spiteful, are you not frightened? No, I'm not frightful. Thou, near this wall alone, thou art forbidden to approach this wall. You know what there is hidden. Look on that park. On yonder side they gather, mine ancient foemen. Oh, I know it, father. Expose thyself to words outrageous, to... What affronts might they not heap on us if that old scoundrel or his whelp should find you daydreaming near this wall? It chills my mind, sets me a-shaking, just the very thought. Aha, their wicked plan shall come to naught. I'll make this top bristle with iron spikes. That will impale the fellow and his likes. They'll run him through if he so much as touch. He will not do it. It would cost too much. Now run away. Scene four. Bergamon and Pascano. This note to Straparel, without delay. Bergamon. Pascano. They embrace. How goes it? Fairly. Thy gout? Better. Thy cold? 
Thou knowest I'm rarely free from that plague. Well, well, the match is made. Yeah? I heard all, hidden in this leafy shade. They adore each other. Bravo. All our doing, widowers, fathers, we arrange their wooing. Me with a son, his mother willy-nilly would christen personae. The name is silly. Thou with Sylvette, dreamy, blue eyes and all. We with one aim. To take away the wall. And live together. Join our boundaries, man. Old neighbor's hobby. And old landlord's plan. For that we needed. Marry our two children. Marry those two. At first, twas quite bewildering. If they suspected what we two desired, the goose was cooked. Their fancy must be fired. Two young folks, both chock full of poetry. With them at school, we made our plans, you see, and married them to suit ourselves. But here, college and convent turned them loose this year. I says, says I, oppose it, and no doubt we'll make those children seek each other out. To love in secret, guilty and pursued, would please them. So I cooked up this here feud. My plan. You always questioned its success. Now all that's lacking is a father's yes. Maybe. But how? Careful is what I say. Consenting now would give our game away. I have called you rascal, knave, gump. Gump indeed. Rascal's enough. Don't go beyond the need. What pretext? Here. I got the hint from them. Thy daughter's prattle planned our stratagem. They babbled, and I listened, heard them say this evening they'll meet here. My person A comes first, of course. The moment thy Sylvette appears, masked bandits leap from hiding, set on and kidnap her. She shrieks. My boy rushes to her assistance. Rescue. Joy. The bravos flee. You come. I have arrived. Thy daughter saved. My hero's son survived. Thou givest thy blessing, tears paternal flow. My heart relents, we bless the pair. Tableau. Ah, that is genius. That's a true example of genius. Talent, say, yes, talent's ample. Shh, look who comes. The bravo Straffarel. I wrote him fully. Little's left to tell. He has the outline. Details must be painted for the abduction. Straffarel, in a grand bandit costume, appears at the back, center, and advances majestically. Scene 5. Bergamon, Pascano, and Straffarel. <clears throat> Make you acquainted with my friend, Pascano. Sir? On the wall. Astonishing. He's ripe enough to fall. Master, my scheme appeared... Elementary. You, you understand. Act quick. Am silent. Very. A feigned abduction. Dual feigned. Be sure. I? Uh, choose skilled fencers. I would not endure a wound for my young cock. My only son. I'll handle him myself. T'will be well done. Ah, well, that bridge is safe before it's crossed. Say... Better ask him what it's going to cost. What do you ask, dear sir, for an abduction? Sometimes there's extras. Sometimes a reduction. Abductions, sir, have quite a range of prices. But in this case, according to advices, 
We need not count the cost. Your lad and lass are worth one fancies, one of the first class. Ah, you have classes. From a common ruction to the highest, sir. Imagine an abduction. Two men in black, vulgar kidnappers, creep up in a cab. That kind comes very cheap. Next, night abductions. Those by day cost more. Pompous abduction with a coach and four. And lackeys curled and powdered. Wigs, I figure, are always extra. Eunuch or mute. Spiro, brigand, musketeer. In courses. There's post-abductions. Two horse, three, four horses. One can augment ad libitum the number. Top chase abductions, always rather somber. Abductions in a bag, burlesque. Then take romantic ones in boats. Calls for a lake. Venetian gondola takes a lagoon. Abductions by the pale light of the moon. Moonlight comes high, sirs, but it is good form. Abduction sinister, lit by a storm. Flashing of lightning and of steel, quite grim. Mantles dark-hued, plumed hats with spreading brim. Abduction country style, one for the city. Torchlight abduction, that one's rather pretty. The masked abduction, strictly classical. There's one to music, suited to a ball. The sedan chair abduction makes a stir. That's gayest, newest, most distinguished, sir. Well? Huh. Well? I think twill charm their senses to go the whole hog, never mind expenses. I say, let's have a little of each one. Make an abduction. Plumed? It could be done. Let's give the children the romance they ask. Sedan chair, torches, music, plume, and mask. Hmm, let's see. To make these varied groupings dexterous, abduction of the highest class with extras. Done. Soon I will return, but it behooves you leave the gate unbarred and oil the groves. Open and noiseless. Now my best respect, sirs. Abduction of the highest class with extras.